back to Diamnastics, the gym for dungeon masters to work out their minds. I'm one of your hosts, DM Celeste, aka Sea Witch. And I'm your other host, DM Neil, aka Jote Moniac. And I can clearly see from my waveforms that that was too loud, but I'll oh, fix it later. So it's okay. Loud. Yay, fixing a post. Yes. And today we are going to be doing another fun exercise. We're trying to get back to our roots where it's just random small things that you could do to keep, again, lift those mental weights as a dungeon master, try and keep yourself on your toes, try and keep your players on your toes. And we're always hopeful that it will work out better than we expect it to. <laughs> so today, Celeste, what are we going to do? Uh, so for this one, we have uh, sitting in front of us here, the Tome of Beasts, uh, which is a creature compendium book from Cobalt Press, like in the spirit of, you know, the monster manual for Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, so we've got these big old books full of monsters. And what I see on the notes is that we're going to do some kind of monster swap, which sounds very exciting. But yes. Neil, you should explain the exact thing we're doing because I'm excited and confused. Yay! It's perfect. So basically... <laughs> I think it was when I first got a hold of the Tome of Beasts, one of the things was there are a lot of monsters that are similar to the things that you're used to. But for me personally, my table is older players in the sense that they got me into it during second edition, which there also implies that they were playing before that. Mm -hmm. So kind of turning things on their head is a requirement of mine, just because if I put something very standard, it's not very fun for them because they've they've seen a lot of they've things. They've seen it. Over. They already know how it works. All its exactly. tricks. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. I distinctly remember using the putrid zombie from here because it it basically throws up on the characters um, and Amazing. they were terrified. So yep. what we're going to do is we're going to, even though this has been, now the book has been out for a while. So we're going to take two of those monsters and figure out how we can basically swap them. So it's rescanning, but now we're basically taking two versions and mashing them together and seeing what we can come up with. Cool, cool. So the other random element is that thankfully there is an appendix in the back where everything is broken down by CR. So challenge rating, and we're going to roll randomly to find out what challenge rating we are in. Okay. So do All you right. want to roll first? All right. So I roll, roll, and we wanted to limit it to D10? Yeah, we'll, okay. we'll do a D10 for now. I, I feel like things will get a little out of hand anywhere above. <laughs> Fair. Okay. Bam. All right. Three. That's a nice, hearty, middle-of-the-road number. Okay. So we're each going to pick one CR3 monster, and then the other person has to reskin it. Yes. Just going to do a shout out to Cold Press. Thank you so much for making pocket editions of this book because this mm -hmm. is making it a lot easier. <laughs> okay. I'm ready. Okay. I'm ready. Okay. What monster do you have? So I, I did the Cactid. Okay. Tell me about the Cactid. Yeah. So the Cactid, uh, it is a large plant creature, typically. Uh, it has root-like tendrils that explode from the sand uh, as the base of this tall cactus bristling with needles. It uses its tendrils to reach for prey. So basically, it's got um, it's got a bunch of cool, like, tendrils-style attacks. Uh, it's got a reel, so it can go ahead and, like, pull people in towards it. It can do hail of needles. Uh, and then, obviously, it is a plant creature. So it's got some vulnerabilities to fire, Things of that nature. It understands Sylvan, but can't speak Sylvan, which is interesting as a plant creature. Yeah, so that's kind of what's going on. Ooh, the tendril attack. Also, it drains body fluids. 
Um, So it can actually reduce hit point maximum and has some really nasty stuff going on with that. So uh, that is the cactoid. Okay. So I wasn't sure how well this was going to work out. And the answer is much better than I expected. So (laughs) I have the Spire Walker. So basically this is minuscule creature kicks up ghostly sparkling fire when it jostles and jigs. Lightning sparks fly between it and its perch. Um, So it also speaks Sylvan. (gasps) Weird. It also has lightning darts. Ooh. So I can already kind of see where these two can intersect, either with each other, but then also adding those kind of things back and forth. So how, so what is your thoughts on like either merging the two or adding features from one to the other? Yeah. So, I mean, it's really cool. I like the Spire Walker. They've got a lot of kind of a lightning rod thing going on so that does obviously work really well with the spires and stuff and so i don't know now i'm thinking like the cactoid can like drain health and fluid and stuff so it almost gives me like an undeady kind of vibe and the spire walker the lightning so i'm getting a very like dr frankenstein monster like potential cross combo thing going on um so that's one way i could see like combining these two things or Otherwise, if the Spire Walker, we, we wanted to like reflavor it as a more mobile version, I think, of the of the cactoid, uh, we just have to give it some like weird tentacle nonsense. Mm-hmm. And then I feel yeah. like those two would be a pretty good match. Yeah. And I also think about making the cactid mimic more of the shambling mound features because mm-hmm. now you're adding in those the lightning, lightning elements. Uh, so not only does it heal it, what if it also had the ability to use it? Because I think of that thought alone makes me exponentially more terrified of what a shambling mound is. Because mm-hmm. your assumptions are, especially with like vulnerability to fire. But the idea that, okay, fire is one thing. Electricity is something completely different. Yeah. And so then not only do you have this cactid here, now those hail of needles also could be conductive in some way. And now you have lightning features that are added as well. Yeah, I really like too. The Spire Walker has like this feature. It's called Energized Body. So anything that hits it automatically takes lightning damage. So that seems like a really cool adaptation for a plant creature to have because if it is rooted in place and if it's doing that tendril, you know, reeling people in and then towards it and it shocks them and they're like needles in the face, that's great. That's just yeah. great fun. Oh, I also think about, especially with the idea of giving more intentionality. Because of, well, let's see, let's um, intelligence. Yeah, so the intelligence of the Spirewalker is 11. What if the misses, like it throws a dart, but then that escalates as time goes on in the battle because now it can use those darts that missed to maybe make its lightning more powerful because mm-hmm. it's going to arc through oh, those Oh, that's cool. So the idea of the tendrils, it becomes more like arcing lightning. That's yeah. very cool. All right. I like this. That's good. Okay, well, that means it's my turn to roll a d10. Roll. It's going to be, well, now that I have the book, I'll roll it into the book because it, it's a metal dice. So. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> Mute that Ooh. sound. <laughs> seven. Seven. So Ooh, a little juicier. All right, all right. Ooh, this is one of my favorite devils. I won't pick it because. Okay, you can sh- shout it out, though, if you're not going to okay, pick it. All right. The Gilded Devil is one of my favorite devils that we have uh, in Cabal Press stuff. So it's like a devil that's like all made out of gold and just loves Ooh. treasure and is like super greed driven. So they also look 
really cool. They've got like gold skin or like really tall and lanky and just like dripping with jewelry. It's very cool. Decadent. Decadent. I'm just gonna roll. I'm gonna roll a d20 again. Just make it random. Okay, I've got I've got my choice ready. I'm looking at this one because the name is really funny and I hope it lives up to. Oh, wow. Okay. The monster is much cooler than the name implies. So let's do it. Okay. Okay. Which one did you choose? Okay. So I chose the possessed pillar. Okay. I assumed you would based on what you said. Because I also chose the possessed pillar. (laughs) Okay, all right. This is the the flaw in the system. <laughs> I already switched it. I already switched okay, it. Okay, okay, okay. Um, but which I do love that we both chose it because on the next page over is the zombie that I was referring to. Oh, the, the putrid haunt. haunt. Yeah. yeah. So yes, I have the risen reaver. Ooh. Okay. So a body that. that might once have been human now has four legs and nightmarishly long, thick arms. What's worse, its skin has been flayed off, revealing. The muscle and sinew beneath. Oh, God. Oh, this thing is so gross. It's got four legs. Yeah. Hate that. Cool. That's gross. Okay, so yes, like like I said, uh, I picked Possessed Pillar because I was like, this is extremely weird. Um, but the thing is, it's more referring to like uh, on the side of like ancient temples and stuff, those big statues like caryatids or whatever that you would see um, that are like part of the architecture coming to life. Uh, so this thing, yeah, they are large constructs and basically they they are, ooh, they're even animal headed. So I think they're specific to like kind of Egyptian uh, mythology. But yeah, they are pillars that are claimed by various cults carved anew with blasphemous symbols. Um, and they've got some cool stuff going on, like magic weapons. They also can steal metal objects. Okay. This is this this is tripping me out that these things have worked out so well twice oh, in a row. Weird. Okay, tell okay, me about so, it. So, you, so the possessed pillar has steel weapons where basically the magic that powers the pillar produces a magnetic power that seizes metal objects. Yeah. The Risen Reaver has infused arsenal. As a bonus action, the Risen Reaver can absorb one <gasps> unattuned weapon to, into its body. No way! For every weapon it absorbs, it deals plus one damage with its blade attack. Whoa! Weird! That's oh my so, god! That's so I'm, weird! I don't, I don't know if I like this or love it. It's Whoa, okay, that's bizarre. I mean, what a what, what a, a cool coincidence. Sy- yeah. Well, it's such a solid synergy between the two ideas. Yeah. Because Im- yeah, imagine imagine that turn. Going, where yeah. the you know, the weapon you were using is ripped from your hands and then absorbed by the monster. So for me personally, like I'm like this the Risen Reaver doesn't play as well. It probably into my current player's sensibilities about things so then i would just lean towards the possessed pillar yeah um and you know i probably would go more living inanimate object Mm -hmm. than Mm -hmm. this is but the idea of that drawing it in and then now it has an additional weapon and i also like the feature of like not giving an additional attack but just making the attacks that it does do more powerful. Yeah, so like, because the Possessed Pillar right now, it just kind of has like slam, which is very typical of constructs, so not super exciting. So I would probably take from the Risen Reaver, they have a blade. Um, so basically their legs are tipped with blades. So I would give, yeah, the Possessed Pillar some of those like attacks. So maybe like after it absorbs the weapons, it can actually turn and use them. So that kind of cool 
stuff. Oh man, I also do like the the Risen River has skitter. <laughs> I think yeah. it's because it's got four legs. But if you could add some stuff to the possessed pillar to make it move super quickly, like that would be very fun and horrible. Because I feel like statues that come to life and stuff always move so slowly, right, in movies. Yeah. But if you give it like a oh no, it's on your face some fast zombie vibes from the Risen Reaver, that would be very scary. Yeah. And even having even having it staged mm-hmm. so like the first the first round it's moving slow and then you know by round two or three certainly um having it move much much faster i really like that for the possessed pillar they've got a section that's weapon donations so priests claim the weapons stolen by the pillars and distribute them to fund temple activities so this thing <laughs> is just walking around taking stuff and the priests are like oh man sorry guys <laughs> okay here you go <laughs> like wow. let's donate these that is very, very interesting. Wow, that's so weird that that worked out so well. Yeah. All right, let's do another one. Okay. What CR are we looking at now? All right, here we go. Bam, bam, bam. I'm going to roll a d12. Ooh, I like Up it. the stakes. <laughs> I rolled a one. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. All right. There's probably a lot. There's always more of lower CRs, so that's always fun, too, anyway. Okay, what did you get? Okay, so I rolled randomly, and I got the boloti, which, because I had no idea what it was. So the boloti is a small, leering water spirit that resembles a cross between a gray frog and a damp scarecrow. Oh, boy. It has water wings seemingly made out of jellyfish flesh. Uh, so basically they're, yeah, these little like water spirits that really like animals. They're tiny, the fey creatures, but they're pretty, they're pretty weird looking. They can manipulate water around them. They've got a lot of water-based spells. Ooh, they can turn into a vortex of swirling, churning water. Wow. Okay, cool. So they're like weird little swampy water face spirits so because i also didn't really understand what it was or wasn't or would be i chose the emerald eye which is an ion mages know how to craft a speaking crystal its primary use is as a debating companion and ally Hmm. but many turn to treachery and hatred (gasps) these are the emerald eyes whoa Oh, it's okay. So it's like a construct. Its motivations change. Oh, man. Interesting. Then what was the name of yours again? The Beloti. Whoa. Yeah. Aren't they weird looking? Yeah. I don't like that at all. Yeah, they're like little frog people with the the nasty, yeah, the jellyfish tentacle wing things. They're so weird. Yeah. Well, here we go. We've got a challenge. All right. So one kind of manipulates water and like can create vortexes and stuff and then the other one it does seem like they can compel people so they have like an attraction thing they can bind themselves psychically to a creature they have a telepathic lash thing so i mean both of these kind of feel like they manipulate energy in some fashion so we could of course like i could see the case really easily for making the emerald eye you know if we make it like a sapphire eye and then what it does is manipulates like water and currents and that kind of elemental stuff. It could even like control, you know, raising heat to create steam or uh, making like cold things. So I see that flavor. My first thought is that someone had an emerald eye attached to them. Mm-hmm. 
like you know secondarily like they're not the person that originally created it and bound it bound to them and they managed to get rid of it and threw it in the water and then it connects to one of the below and then we kind of go from there like the idea of giving the watery as well as telepathy Mm -hmm. i think with with the features that are already here i think it just makes it that much more terrifying yeah certainly when you have these shifting goals and things like that yeah because if the Belodi got hold of an emerald eye you know because they are like they really like it says they're fond of allies uh so you know if they're sitting there in these swamps and they're working with things like willow wisps and all kinds of nasty stuff like the emerald eye would totally help them be able to like control uh these people and bend them to their agenda so like if you know the swamp lands were threatened i can see the Belodi, you know using this emerald eye to like take over the minds of the creatures that live there and like aggressively take back the swamp land or protect yeah. something hidden within the swamp. Oh my God. I love the Emerald Eye, their description. Um, trapped manipulators. So most speaking crystals, that must be what it is, are pink or purple when created, but those that betray their creators turn a dark shade of green. Nice. So specifically the Emerald Eye is one that is already betrayed and <laughs> ruined someone's life. And cannot hide that fact at all. Amazing. Yeah. So I feel like, yeah, this would be a a really nice, like, villainous combo to put together. Because, you know, CR1 and CR1, probably not too bad on their own. But together, yeah, this would actually be a pretty significant threat. Well, especially if if you're also having, like, these will-o'-wisps in there. Mm -hmm. And then also being able to have such a, a different and vivid description of when this kind of enters the battle. Because that that color shift... Yeah. To to that dark green. And then whether or not your players know exactly what's going on in that moment. Yeah, it's also great, too. I mean, the emerald eye, it's just begging to be put into the eye socket of some creature and become, you know, a horrible extra thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I like it. We got, we got room for one more. We'll make it quick. I, too, shall roll. You know what? Uh, I will also be so bold as to roll a d12. Oh, no. Ow. That hurt. Well, it's a metal dice and I dropped oh. it. Oh, <laughs> I was like, what happened to you? <laughs> okay, hold on. Oh, no. Um, it's off the table. Getting really exciting. At least it wasn't a D4. Metal D4. Metal no, that's... D4. That's a literal caldrop. 11. Ooh, that's a nice juicy one. Okay. All right. What did you get? I have the Voidling. Ooh, okay. I got the blood hag, so I feel like Ooh. this will probably yeah. be good. Yeah, I think okay. it'll work. <laughs> yeah, tell me about the tell me about the voidling. Writhing black tendrils stretch from this indistinct orb of pure shadow. The faintest flicker of something green, like an eye, appears for a moment in the center of the globe and then fades to black again. Ooh. Ooh, yeah. Called from darkness, light eaters, cold tendrils. Oh yeah. Okay, yeah, because oh, so this this works well. So the the blood hag, um, obviously this bent back crone has long leathery arms and cruel flesh searing talons, uh, leathery flesh, uh, yeah, covered in blood. Um, yes, yeah, so they can sense blood of living creatures. Have a bunch of nasty spells. Blood drinking hair. So she's Ooh. got like tendrils out of her head. All right. Yeah, and they've got like, you know, a call the blood ability, so blood curses, bloody tears. Yeah. Oh boy. Ooh. Oh boy, these two. So I mean, we've already got like, you know, nasty tendril hair and nasty tendril 
um, Shadow Nightmare. Oh my god, these two together. It's just out what a nightmare. Fed by darkness, a voidling in magical darkness at the start of a turn heals five hit points. Okay. Um, cool. So, I mean, that's something, like, these both have kind of a vampiric element to them, for sure. Because yeah. they, like, you know, feed off of things. So, I feel like, yeah, it would be really easy to make kind of, I guess, either of these be like, you know, switch the voidling to, like, a blood eater sort of thing, and then it can just affect things like constitution, and then obviously, you know, reducing hit points. Yeah. Ooh, these are icky. <laughs> well, I like the idea of natural invisibility, avoiding in complete darkness is considered invisible. Ooh, yeah. So, yeah, definitely, definitely a very terrifying scenario you will then put your players into. Yeah. But like you said, like using those same blood features with the voidling or taking these necrotic features and using those w- with the hag. I think both work. Both switch, yeah, really well. Yeah, seamlessly, yeah. Ooh, oh, terrifying. Yeah. Okay, but we've done it. We've done it. We've done it once again. So hopefully that kind of illustrated the idea of taking two things that are either known to you, known to your player, mashing them together, figuring out what works. Because the other thing that exercise has the ability to do where we had the emerald eye and the baloti is that it kind of told the story mm-hmm. of how to elevate that baloti by adding the emerald eye. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there you go. That's exercise. Fun Complete. ways you can play with monsters. Um, but if you enjoyed that and you want to leave us a rating or review, you can always head over to Apple podcasts or your podcatcher of choice and leave one of those word on the street. It's, it's fun. You'll enjoy every minute. It's good. It helps us. Everybody wins when you leave a rating and review. Uh, and of course, if you have anything else you want to tell us about, you know, fun ways you've mashed monsters together, uh, you can always email us at dmnastics at gmail.com. Uh, make sure to follow us on Twitter at dmnastics, me personally at cconwich, and Neil at jokemoniac. And for everything else on the network, you can visit blockpartypodcastnetwork.com. And as always, a huge thank you to the bar, bards, barms, bards, <laughs> to the bards over on Bombarded for our intro and outro music. And you can find more about them at bombardedcast.com. But with that, let's head to the post workout cooldown and stretch with the light bulb. Light bulb. This is an interesting one. And I'm not really sure. I feel like it was like a very interesting mix on a personal level of just like the business side of my life, meeting with the RPG side and Instagram saying, hey, this is something that you should absolutely look at. Uh, so we found a product. We will also preface this product is expensive. Really expensive. <laughs> it is because it's one of those things where once you get into the, like the corporate realm, the ability to charge unreasonable amounts of money just happens it does yeah so business expenses and credit cards you could write off and such and such ah the old the old um double penalty where if you did i gave you one dollar and if at the end of the year i find out that you only spent 90 cents not only will i take the 10 cents left over i will also only give you 90 cents next year so it just promotes buying stuff at prices exorbitant prices and just Doing things at a much higher price. Now, all that said, I think this is a wonderful tool if you can get your hands on it. And that finally leads us to Storyteller Tactics. This, I mean, heck, even on it, it says a one-year guarantee, 10 times ROI or your money back. Wow. 
So basically, it's a tool to make the stories that you tell more it, the stories that you tell better. Uh, the idea is that you're doing some sort of presentation. Is it to a large crowd? Is it to a smaller group? Is it to your boss just about yourself? That's the fundamental element for these. But what I've realized about them is that it, it's the story told, but they've connected those stories so that it is a much richer story that you can tell. So and then all the other thing is it's definitely a D&D person that has made these. Oh yeah, I mean, there's like you you see on the cover, it's it's a dragon, <laughs> somebody fighting a dragon, yeah. uh, and these are you know they're they're storytelling tactics for you know they're framing it for your presentations or how to pitch things or how to tell a relatable story to people to get them to buy your product. But this is actually just really good storytelling advice for anyone. So yeah, totally. Totally a D&D person, game master who designed these. Well, yeah, even if you look at the story building system, do you know why you need a story? No. Then go to the concept cards. Mm -hmm. Yes, I do. But do you know where to find your story? No. Go to the explore cards. Like, Go to the character cards, function cards, structure, style. It's like, oh, okay, wait. All of this would, this just speaks directly to building a campaign or a module or the next part of your session it's really interesting and my other thing is that it's also approaching it from a different angle so i think the stories that it could potentially help you tell are stories that you probably haven't told before just because i know for for me one of my big pieces of advice to myself and others that have been dms for a long time is like you gotta try something different like just because then that's going to be more fun for you and more fun for your players. Yeah. Yeah. This is great tool. Yeah. Ways to think outside the box or, or even I think for like writing, this would be really useful for writing short stories or, you know, long form things. I, I'm very interested in, in these cards. They're a really cool idea. Oh, there's a, there's workshop ones as well. There you go. So you can definitely check it out in the show notes. Like we said, we're, we're prefacing that it is a, a pretty substantial price tag, but if you're interested there will be a link in the show notes. But with that, we'll turn out the lights and head out of the gym. Before we go, I want to implore you, the listener, to join the forums, the Discord, Twitter, and anywhere else you can find us to take part in these challenges, exercises, and other amazing conversations being had. And to do that, head over to dungeonmasterblock.freeforums.net and try some gymnastics. So your players don't ask, do you even lift? <laughs>